All right, so welcome back to Two Opinions in a Cloud. You're here with Max Fritz. And Stacey Deerstroll. And who do we have with us? Um, I'm just here for the uh, the coffee. Uh, but otherwise, my name's Andy Tolbert. <laughs> 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 and I've brought some toys with me today. A uh, little intro to myself. I'm uh, a live show host at Club 365. I think it's because I like the sound of my voice. I think, oh, I'm told this at least. Um, however, that that's not entirely true. I love to share my knowledge. I love to share my experience, and I love to hear back from the community as well. So I'm really passionate about that. Uh, my day job, uh, aside from causing trouble, Stacey, you know me well enough, don't you? Oh yes. Good trouble. The stuff that doesn't end up in court, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> for now. Well, I've, I've done so well. You know, I realised the other day I've been in IT for 20 years, and that's quite shocking because I still look like I'm in my very early 20s. That's why we're doing this as a podcast, so you can't see the lie that I'm telling there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks 70. Uh, thank you. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah. Um, so what am I doing these days? I mainly live in the Microsoft 365 world, and we could say, well, what is that, right? So Microsoft 365, if we go back to evolution in terms of thinking and licensing skew, we had Enterprise Cloud Suite, right? ECS. And evolved into SPE, Secure Protective Enterprise yeah. Environment. I think it's environment. Always get the two E's mixed up, yep. right? And now we see Microsoft 365, that's sweet. But we know it's much bigger than that, don't we? So Absolutely. for me, I was really much, you know, 11 years in the SharePoint space, pretty much from the Tahoe server days, if you remember yep. that. That's yeah. where you definitely tell I'm lying about my age because <laughs> yeah, no, no seven-year-old would be known about that. And if they do, that's highly impressive. But hey, um, these days I'm looking about more, how do we really drive value out to the business? How do we, how do we propagate that? So for um, for me, I've been putting my hand into modern desktop, right? Modern workplaces yep. for me really passionate. Modern desktop is really where I'm leaning towards, as you know, an accomplishment to add to Office 365 because they really do go together, don't they? They absolutely yes, do. Absolutely. So, so Max, I know you're quite passionate about this area as well, aren't you? Yeah, I you know I used to be very SharePoint specific myself as well, mm -hmm. and I've kind of transitioned a bit into modern can, identity. Can I, can I ask what the first version of SharePoint was? Because you're looking <laughs> quite fresh faced and cheeky there, aren't you? I'll be honest, uh, SharePoint 2007. To that moz, do you remember yep. that? Yeah. So, so you're not a, a mosasaurus. No, no, not, not exactly. <laughs> Why don't you tell people, Hunt, it might be like, what, what is Moss apart from a, an old world of, of pain slash uh, potential and possibilities? Oh, <laughs> predecessor to SharePoint. It's just That's a right. branding right. thing like, like everything. SkyDrive, mm. OneDrive. <laughs> yes. Like Link, early, Skype, Teams. Like the earlier versions of Windows, you know. Just yep. Falls in line. Mm -hmm, sure. So, so what are you doing these days then? So I focus. I feel a lot. like I'm interviewing the interviewer now. Oh, that's so okay. This, this is what this is what I do, right? I turn it back around, take the spotlight off me. Do you like? Do you like the way this is playing I, I, I out? I noticed. Right? I was sitting here I giggling. I thought you were. Yeah, I could, <laughs> I could spot that, Stacey. So I'm really uh, into the modern identity space. Uh, mm -hmm. The whole story around identity as a security platform has really resonated with me, and and it's just hit home in such a way that I've engrossed myself in the security space. I really put myself all in an identity. Max and is grinning ear to ear right now, just to, <laughs> just to really promote how passionate he is about this. And uh, paired with that really, really closely is modern desktop. And I think it's you such an it. important part of the modern identity story to mm -hmm. me is what you're using your identity on. Yes. Um, and the modern identity story falls apart when you're not using modern desktop. Absolutely. And that's what this whole modern workplace is, is they, they you can't just take one modern part of the workplace and just do that it, 
is it's a story in and of itself. I mean, that, that's absolutely a key point there because I was very lucky enough to spend an hour doing a live one-to-one interview for Club 365. I'll get that plug in there, right, on your, yeah, yeah. On, on your show. <laughs> yeah, sure. I told you I'm cheeky boy, right? So um, I spent an hour with Ron Markovich, and he's the CVP, the Corporate Vice President of M365 in the large enterprise space. So you'll see him on LinkedIn talking about all that stuff. And I said to him, what, what is the modern workplace to Microsoft? And he went, it, it's a concept, right? It's a construct of all these different, you know, art and possible stuff. That's my extended piece on what he said, in case he, he slaps me with a lawsuit on that. But so that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, it's an opportunity for us to really grasp the technology that we have today, leverage the power of AI, the cloud security, and the stuff you're talking about, identity, and really deliver value to business and also IT. Because if we look at traditionally how that's been delivered, it's very much been a project state. Mm-hmm. What we're given now is, is, a, is a means to move to process, that continual delivery, almost like an agile fashion, isn't it? It's taking traditional IT to modern IT. And so how do we start around that? We're seeing things as a service. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, to me, that's what Microsoft 365 is delivering. We're seeing EMS as a service, right? And there's a lot of evolution there. You'll see Brad Anderson was talking about different parts of um, EMS that sat outside of the main Azure portal. Yep. And, and it was, I found it's a little tricky sometimes to marry that all up. I mean, we live in those places each day, so it's, it's maybe less of a challenge for us. But for all the technical guys and girls, they're like, oh, my goodness, where is this? We've seen a lot of this capability being pulled together to give a unified experience in these portals, which I'm really, really pleased about. If we look at the other things as a service, and this is where we're going straight back to bottom desktop, Windows 10. But to have Windows 10 on its own is not enough, right? So where does the as-a-service bit come in? If we go back to the old days, we're used to Windows being delivered in a big bang approach, you know, XP, Windows 7, Windows 8, 8.1, and 10, and so on. I mean, uh, because I'm I'm so young, I wouldn't even remember the days of Millennial or, or anything like that. Would oh, I? yeah, what's yeah, that? But what's that? Yeah, nobody has a clue. Hey, so, I had a 95 laptop, believe it or not. I started off on DOS 2, so... Um, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And my, my first computer actually came out of a skip, so there's no harm in a bit of skip rating now and again, right? You would call it a trash, a mega trash can or something. Uh-huh. Recycle bin. Recycle bin, yeah, one that's the size of, of a wagon. So, um, coming back to it, Windows 10 is only as good for me for delivering that continual value when you track the feature updates. Now, the the guys and girls at home may be saying, what on earth is that all about? So, Windows 10 really gives you two major updates that drop uh, for the feature updates uh, biannually. So, feature update is when we look at things like anniversary, creators, creators fall edition, creators spring edition, Mm -hmm. and so on. And you might also see them as version numbers like build 1809 and so on. Quick trivia. RS3, RS4. Oh, well, we're leaning towards the the kind of Windows Insider program here, aren't we? Redstone. But let's let's have a quick trivia question, and I'm pretty sure you're all going to know the answer to this. What do those numbers mean in the Windows 10 builds? So Are like, we talking about the 1803 like 1803, kind of thing? 1803, 1809. So that uh, is the target release date, more or less. Mm-hmm. So 1803 was targeted to release in March of 2018. Absolutely. Trivia for you, when was it released? Uh, probably a few weeks after that. It was released in April. Late April. Do you mm-hmm. know why? No, I don't actually They know. found an issue in the code base about two days before they were going to release it and delayed it. But the, the naming convention still stays, doesn't yeah. it? Which um, is good. I'm pleased what, about what's that. What's the date? It is 
almost the very last day of September, and we, we don't 1809. have 1809 yet. Guess when 1809 is coming out? Next month. They've already told us. So I always think of when, when these versions drop, give it a month and it will come out. So it, we're kind of looping back to that. If you remember those early days with those older versions of the operating system of Windows, we had service packs, right? Yep. And those service packs get brought down you know, a, a, a number of key fixes, updates at the, kind of kern, at the kernel level of the code. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also sometimes included things that changed the user experience. So a button may have moved, a new functionality, a change in maybe the way that they, they're used That's to right. starting from here to getting to there. And that put some organizations off actually applying the service packs. I mean, hey, we want all that goodness, all the rolled up cumulative updates and so on. But we, we're not ready to communicate to the, the business, to the users about, hey, there's also this new thing coming in that you're going to see that's got nothing to do with the zeros and ones. Now, I've got a really passionate answer on that one. Well, I'm going to... I'm gonna you, lean, you go first. Though. I'm going to lean towards it because, like I said, I, I'm really liking the sound of my own voice right now, okay? Well, you're saying <laughs> 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 and, and, and that's what we call the quality updates. So the quality updates are what includes all that amazing goodness up the code level, right? Yep. Nothing in there changes the user experience. But what I will say, though, that it could change the experience, as in if there was a bug identified... And that's creating a, a bad user experience, and that's going to be a better or best experience, right? But it's not going to change the functionality. So you can now start to look at those quality updates. Think of them as the, the, the security packs without any change to the end user and start to deploy them with confidence. Max, you've got a point on this as well, haven't you? Yeah, I, th- I think we need to take a little bit of a different look at how we treat our user base, mm. our, our customers in a way and start looking at how they're treated in the consumer model. Because not many people complain about the latest iOS update. Not many people complain about the latest Dropbox update, the latest LinkedIn update. Andy, do you know what version of LinkedIn app you have on your phone? Uh, I, I just let it download automatically. Yeah, there you go. You don't mm-hmm. know, exactly. you don't care. I don't care. All I care is it works and it's up to date and I get this cool agile delivery new features. And what, what we need to do and is help our users see the solutions that we're delivering in the same way as the solutions that they're being delivered, Agreed. they're getting delivered at home. Now it is a transition for them to think of that. And we have a responsibility to provide them the right productive, secure, and usable solutions so that they see those equatable. That's right. But once we do that, getting the latest Windows 10 update twice a year, twice a year means that feature updates aren't gonna be as jarring. iOS to process, right? on your iPhone updates once a year that's bigger updates and mm-hmm. if users can handle a once a year big update they can handle twice a year smaller updates so android i have already had this year probably five or six updates yeah so it's it's really taking that concern out of Completely my agree. users can't handle this to trust me they can well the user, the user experience as you quite rightly said doesn't change dramatically instead it's enhanced but it can ha- it can be enhanced in a really big bang way they don't even know it's Big Bang. And one of the things I'm looping towards here is Microsoft Search. Yes. I've been saying to people, you really need to be tracking those those feature updates because in there, you're going to get stuff that you're not going to get in earlier versions because from my understanding, my take on it, it's not possible to retrospectively apply something when it's changing things at the, the, the WinUp32 level. The kernel, yep. I'm going a bit super geeky there, so I'll, I'll, I'll surface again for air outside of the code base. <clears throat> um, what kind of examples am I talking about there? Files on demand with OneDrive for Business. There was a lot of excitement around that. People went, this is great. We really want that. The users are asking for it. So we're going to tell them all because we've got Windows 10. It's like, oh, hold your horses there, soldier. One moment. 
that's a that's a that's a particular version only. I think that was Creators Fall Edition when that first came right. down. So that was 1709. It's like if there's no 1709, there's no files on demand for you, my friend. There is an exception in there. I'll just add. Uh, if you've got early version 1709, I think it goes back to anniversary edition that was uh, that will be supported for SharePoint 2019 mm-hmm. for files on demand. That was always put on the table quite early on that the support would be there with the next generation sync client. Right. So tracking those updates uh, is critical. The feature updates and another one I think, and I, I haven't gone into the technical technical detail yet. I think it probably would have been covered here is around Microsoft Search on Windows 10. So I've always been warming up people in my Cloud Workshop saying, hey, I think quite soon, and, and I didn't know anything because being a, an Office Apps and Services MVP, obviously we're privy to some information, but this one we had no idea about, right? About Microsoft Search being integrated into Windows 10. Again, I think that's going to be feature dependent, Windows 10 feature dependent. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, because well, I already be... know that that is. Right, okay, our... that's brilliant. Yeah, so I've already experienced some issues and some and things around that, and I've had to talk to Microsoft. Yes. And that was based off of the feature updates, and then, um, you know, I got a patch, and then, but yeah, it's very, very feature dependent, so you're, you're dead on there. And, yeah. and these are key value drives, so automatically we're starting to see, as Max has talked about here, the user experience. To them, it's just a consistent experience. They go in, but some new it's, cool, really hey, things. Hey, my search bar does more now. It does a lot it, more. A unified it's, search it's, experience, no matter where I start that search in Office 365 or Bing.com. I love that. Signed in with your Office 365 account. Mind blown. Your content, your content for your Office 365 tenant is going to surface in there. Now, I did get asked yesterday, does that mean that everyone else can see it? And so, absolutely, no. if they've got your username, password, and MFA, <laughs> sure thing. So you, you hand that right out. They're going to get right security, in. Identity security, right? people. Identity yeah. security, yeah. And this, this kind of this is a really important message, actually, one that I relay. And I say to people, right, you as the techie guys working with your business change people and so on, that's brilliant. If you're getting it, if you're not getting it, hopefully you're, you're on that path. But you also need to show the love and bring in the care for your operations people because they're going to have some very significant concerns and they need to be addressed up front. So what kind of things do we mean? We need to go and speak to legal compliance and so on and say, do you know what? Hey, there's this new thing. You may walk by somebody and they've got Bing.com open all of a sudden they're seeing company results. They're they're likely to have a seizure, aren't they? They see that and they're they're like, what's this? I don't know about the techie thing. So it's really important, first of all, to go and have that conversation say, does this pass all our requirements? Are we all good? We're putting, we're rolling up all our ducks in the line, right? Yeah. And then we're ready for the change piece. Yeah, as a being in consulting, so those are one of some of the things that I always try to um, keep my clients up to date on, mm-hmm. and the internal users. When I see new things come out and stuff like that, and I'm in a conference call with someone on the team, I'm like, "Well, have you tried to find it this way?" Yes. And you know, bring easing them into it because there's people in, in a consulting company that aren't technical, right? You got your Absolutely. HR, you got your admin. well. I'd like to hope so, right? <laughs> so you know, so anytime I'm working with them, I'm thinking, well, if you do it this way, and then it works, right? So I'm not mm-hmm. telling them, hey, you got a bunch of updates. I, I start with it. It, it, d- it depends, and right. then hopefully it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I try to do the same thing for clients as well because I think it's our job knowing this stuff, and not everybody does. That's right. Is saying, and if you really are working closely with your clients and you know how they function, things they use, things you don't use, and you see something that can impact them, you call it out. Sure. It's, it's so much more powerful to do it that way than here's this thing, here's what it does, go use it. Yes. It, you find the right situation, be like, hey, did you know if you just do this? And they try it and they're like, oh my God, now I have to do that every day. I had the same thing with uh, 
have you guys ever done a desktop sharing session with remote control in Teams? Yes. yes. Where it shows both mouth. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have two mice. Yes. When I show people that, they just get giddy. Mind's I get blown. giddy seeing it. It's like, oh my God. And, and that's quite right. Sometimes it's the most simplest things that make the biggest change. And, and I'll give an example of where you can think about this from a really easy perspective. Monitoring people's behavior, you can see, not monitoring as in Big Brother's watching you, but sitting down with your, your customers, your internal or external customers, and saying, how many clicks does it take to get to this destination, whatever it is you're trying to get, and going, do you know what? You can get to it quicker via this. I'm not going to quote specific examples. I want to give the thought process here. Mm-hmm. Because when you scale that up, and you see actually that, that saved them 30 seconds a minute, and you scale that up at large, let's say you've got 30, 40, 50,000 employees, that's a significant time saving. That's a significant increase in productivity just from changing some very, very simple behaviors. Yeah. So sometimes it isn't the technology, it's how they use the technology in the most simplistic form. Yeah, I totally agree. So I had a, a, a user and he was a big, you know, he doesn't like to go find things twice. He'll put a bookmark on his desktop. Right. Can you imagine what his desktop looks like? Mm. So he was moved to, to uh, 2010, you know, Windows 10. And he was like... He, he's like, okay, so I still have all these icons and stuff like that. And he goes, you know, he goes, I, you know, I know, I understand the new features, why we've got to go there, all that kind of stuff. But for me, I just don't think because it works. you did a brilliant job, right? Right. <laughs> and, and he goes, you know, it, you know, every time I did anything, he's sitting there going like this, trying to find mm-hmm. that icon. And I was like, hey, you want to try something else? I mean, that's all you can do, right? So, hey, what are the things you most, mostly use, right? Well, why don't we put those on your taskbar down at the bottom? That's right. Right. Now, since you have Windows 10, when you go over to the, you know, your little window thing, you can add things right there to your start, uh, you know, to your start screen. Start yes, and stuff that's like right. That. And FYI, he goes, well, I don't use these sometimes, like quarterly or whatever. I said, mm-hmm. well, start typing in your search. That's right. Right? So I just Which is him, about to be supercharged. Right. And I was just showing him little things, right? The next time I had a screen share to show him something that he wanted to do in his board of directors site, there were five icons on his desktop. That's hey. amazing, isn't it? Right? That's amazing. That was probably the best use case ever. I I'm going to add in a, a quick tip here, right? So people, I see it all the time. They, 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 they can't be drawn away that easily sometimes from their desktop icons. And when I say desktop icons, that can also be accompanied with content, yep. business content. Mm-hmm. If it's sat there on the desktop, how do we know about it? How do we keep that secure? How do we co- apply compliance and I governance? Have a feeling we're talking about OneDrive known folder moves. We're exactly talking about that. <laughs> yes, yes. Known files available as a GPO. It's a very tasty GPO. It I is, love it. I I was talking with Stephen Rose from the OneDrive team mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. What and a dude! I'll just call that out. Yeah. Yes. What a dude. And, and Jason as well. Yes. Let's not and, forget that there are um, what they've been called the Blues Brothers. So if you see those guys again. Uh, I think they kind of like that. I think they're down with that vibe. The blue, the OneDrive for Business Blues Brothers, yeah. right? Yeah. And OneDrive known folder move. Awesome thing from an end user standpoint, an IT admin standpoint. But what a lot of people aren't realizing is it completes the modern desktop story in a way that we haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Of We now have these files on our modern desktops mm-hmm. in places that users are used to storing them that we couldn't really control or secure Some people without folder just, redirection. They won't be moved. They're like a Soruses, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to try to I mean that in the nicest them. possible and way if you're one of those. <laughs> some people store stuff on their desktop. I think I have a few files on my desktop and it's a habit. It's hard to break. And with OneDrive node folders move, it's it's okay. 
that right. those files are in OneDrive, DLP gets applied, compliance policies get applied, retention, whatever we need. And, and, and when we say the desktop, that also includes my pictures, my documents. Exactly. You can control that. You can switch on, on and off what you want from that. But one of the things we want to kind of bring also into play in a modern desktop. So really, in essence, modern desktop at the highest level is Windows 10 as a service. So think about those delicious feature updates mm-hmm. along with... Office 365 Pro Plus, which also delivers as a semi-annual update. In fact, if you look at the release, it is absolutely aligned. Now, one of the things you may be thinking is, how do I get around from from testing and validating this? So we've seen a lot of new business apps assurance programs being announced. If you go into tech community or just search via Bing, Bing of course, uh, (laughs) then you'll find all of this content from there. Now, that's a really big deal, isn't it? Yes, it it really is. organizations that have thousands upon thousands of applications to test getting through them now even before these announcements at ignite there have been fantastic ways to test your solutions yes I have. if yes. you are not using upgrade analytics through azure which is a free service mm-hmm. say seven times free service free service free service um it does, will does it come with a premium versions versus it, premium version i always like the devil in the detail here max there uh, I believe Upgrade Analytics is free flat out. Nice. Um, and what it does is it helps you by using the uh, telemetry data from your Windows 10 devices. Mm-hmm. Telemetry is not a bad thing. Don't don't read no, the bad a, articles. It's a very good thing, and it's been supercharged as yes. well recently. So read the telemetry data, and it tells you, here's all the applications you have to test. Mm-hmm. You have a 1,000 applications to test. But if you test just these 30 of them, yeah. you'll be able to upgrade 90% of your computers mm-hmm. because those other 700 or so are whatever are being used by just a small number of users so that is number one getting your resistance for your majority of users out of the way yes but then these announcements that we've had at ignite of now microsoft will help you by pre-testing applications you use that's a really big deal isn't it it's huge yeah uh it it makes it so that there's so much less resistance Mm -hmm. to being able to upgrade and from a legitimate perspective as an IT admin you need to make sure that your business applications are going to work that's you right and one of the ways people can leverage that is by taking part in the Windows Insider program right mm-hmm. so that's I believe that's run by Joe Camp lovely guy and I was speaking to Joe and I said you know, listen how is this landing and he said well you know we've got a lot of, we've got a really really great bunch of people that are testing it from the consumer perspective we went hey over here there's also the business offering and said, and what's really cool about the business offering is Microsoft are obviously going to receive back that test, that information, that experience, what's happening, because they need that. Otherwise, there's no point having that program. Right. They said, when you're in the business offering of it, you're going to get to see that feedback as well. You're going to get to see everything that's coming through. So you are the dual audience with Microsoft, which I think is really, really powerful. Yes, it's, it's huge. Um, Windows Insider program for business in combination with tiered, releases of feature updates that you can set within your organization mm-hmm. help from a testing and deployment standpoint just being able to know that my stuff is going to work that's right that's right and of course when we think about that release there's the rings of release mm-hmm. it's used in microsoft zero ring zero ring one ring two and three so on uh, we are encouraged uh, to pay attention to that and see if that fits our needs as well of course every need is individual but i think from what i'm seeing from conversations with uh, with many people in my field Rings of release makes a lot of sense, and so I may start off with IT first, and then I start to propagate that maybe to a, a small select focus group on that, uh, which represent different parts of the business. So making sure that people in finance are using core applications, 
people in sales, marketing, and so on. It's good. If we're good to go with that, then we can start to release to the next ring, which might be everyone. Now, Andy, I have a question for you about sure. this whole uh, the feature update process. Um, we talked about Heather uh, biannual, and in the past, we've had um, 18 months of support for a Oh, feature I love this updates. story, by the way. Yes. yes. And <laughs> what that means is that if I am on 18.03 right now, uh-huh. if I go all the way to, doing the math in my head, 19.09, and I don't get 1909 i am then out of support i mean when you say out of support out of standard support yes yes but that's actually not true anymore so i i did know about this one uh, and i was waiting for this announcement to land and i was so excited about it um i can't give the absolute specifics of all the previous versions um because my brain just can't hold that after the very little amount of food and sleep over the last eight days solid now. right but what i can tell you the key message here is that Every version that drops from your 03, so in March, when we know realistically it may be like a few weeks after that, but the 03 offering of that uh, is going to be supported for 18 months. The significant thing here is the September release, the 09 release, is going to have 30, 30 months of support. So I got to tell you, that scares me. That scares me that... It excites me. I think we're in debate territory here. Let's do this. Let's do this. So it scares me (laughs) that I have been trying to not sell, but really get people to buy into the story of modern desktop. And not support shouldn't be the pushing side of things, but it should at least be the backup of, okay, if all else fails, hey, you're you're just going to not be in support anymore. There's, Mm -hmm. There's so many reasons, and that's just one of them. And I feel like now people have this comfort blanket of, okay, I don't need the updates because I'm good for two years. Well, they can say that <clears throat> they're going to be supported from a technical level, but they're not going to be supported from those great new features, those cloud-powered and AI features. So if they're thinking about Microsoft Search, for example, and going, you know what, I want a bit of that. If they're living in the, oh, I'm going to take a chill pill mm-hmm. for 30 months or something, then you can expect a lot more than just Microsoft Search in the future. How are you going to retain people? How are you going to say to them, yeah, we're really invested in your modern office and your modern desktop when you're not delivering? Now, if I think about the bigger reasons why 30 months has been added, and, and maybe I not, might know a little something here, but we'll pretend I don't. My, my thought process would say there are very, very large organizations with hundreds of thousands of employees. Can you imagine how tough that could be at, a, at an early level of maturity, the modern desktop, because there needs to be confidence, right? We talked yes. about the business app validation stuff. These are new things. People need to find confidence that their core applications work fine because we still have a number of organizations that are stuck uh, on applications to deliver via service rather than services you know, as a service. And that's right. a problem, right? So for them, it gives them the confidence of going, you know what? It may take me six months as a very large machine, very large corporate identity here, six months to plan all of this, another six months to do the deployment, and then I've got six months left. I've got six months left with the users before I have to then go and repeat the process, the whole process through. So 30 minutes, 30 months gives them a really nice, secure amount of time that they can actually work through that. Now, what do I think will happen in reality? I think as they gain more confidence in the process, as they become more streamlined in the delivery of that, the 30 months could decrease to 18 months, to potentially 12, and then six months. But I really feel the the start of the curve for those large corporates in this space. I do see that reason. 
that mm-hmm. 30 month reason. My fear is that it will be used as an excuse of some Tell large... the people right now not to do that. Yeah, my fear is it's going to be used as an excuse to say, <laughs> we don't have to start for like 10 months, guys, because we've got 30. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. I, I, when would, it's I released, would send them dinosaurs in the post. Yeah. Right? When it is released... With, with, with their personalized name patch on it. I wouldn't really do that because I like being employed. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I kind of want to bring to the forefront of the table here, everything is a service, right? It's how I feel around all these amazing offerings. But it can be difficult to understand where do I start with that. One of the really exciting types of conversations I'm having these days is around personas. So rather than thinking about somewhere as being, oh, that's the HR department, that's the sales department, those guys could actually be on the road, they could have different types of use cases, they could be at my desk, could we think about the teams, the way the Teams Expo has been set up here at Ignite, has been on the go, at my desk, in the meeting rooms and so on. So we have a different persona story here. How do we go around starting to think that? So Microsoft have put in a lot of investment in something called the Business Value Program, BVP, of which if you've seen, we've had some workshops going on, a lot of workshops actually, I've fully subscribed quite early on in the customer immersion experience. So what is it all about? You put in your industry, your location, and they have specialized, they've tailored all of that content, that messaging around what Microsoft 365 can deliver for you. But rather than just being a load of, of words, because some people that they need, they need more. Well, I hope you would need more. You'd need an experience to dive into. You'll be able to go and grab ISOs to go and set up these type of experience. You'll be able to get people in a classroom and run through those use cases. Rather than just talking about it, you can workshop that. Then there's all the value proposition that some of the people that need the all the, the words and the stories are there as well. Now, this is free. That's this is free. Awesome. And it's really easy to go and find out. It's transform. Can you guess what the, the next part of it is? Microsoft.com. Exactly. <laughs> Transform.microsoft.com. And modern desktop sits within here as well. Mm-hmm. There's a nice shortcut that I'll recommend. Um, it's andy.im, M for Mike, forward slash modern desktop. That's going to take you straight to the main page on docs.microsoft.com that talks about Microsoft Modern Desktop. I highly recommend you check out the modern desktop deployment wheel because, you know, you could get your mind blown with that thinking, oh my goodness, there is so much in here because the user proposition we talk about as a service for Windows 10, there's feature updates, and also for Office 365 Pro Plus, the benefit for IT and business. The modern desktop deployment wheel is also going to show you there's another, other amazing capabilities. So Max, when you talk about security and identity, it's very easy to look at and consume. Find the bit you particularly want and dive into that. I mean, for me, I, I want all of it. Now, you may say, business value program, how long has this been around? Okay, so it's fairly recent, but the thinking is not. Not at all. It this sounds thinking, like a customer experience, immersion experience to me. It yeah. is. So this, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little backstory here. This, this knowledge has been put together over 11 years. Wow. And it's also been worked with with Gartner and Forrester. Wow. So it's not just Microsoft saying, hey, we're having a good, we're having a good go at this. This is because you, you can't pull the wall over the eyes of Gartner and Forrester, right? They, can't, no. they are not manipulated by Microsoft. That's my personal statement. I'm pretty damn sure that's the way everyone else should see oh, that. Oh, absolutely. I, anytime you read anything that, that is put out there by them, you can clearly see that they're not, they're unbiased whatsoever. That's right. And that's where the execs go, right? Yep. That's where the people that, that bring me in and pay my, my daily bread yep. go, go to read. So when we go and talk to the business and say, hey, have you guys heard about business value program? Or 
just say transform.microsoft.com, whichever one, because some people may want to hear you know different badging. Um, you can say, listen, you read all that good stuff from Gartner, from Forrester. Well, guess what? This was put together with their help as well, and it's matured over 11 years. As part of that program as well, you can take the IT maturity test. This is a thing you can do. And from there, you can look at where your organization is today and also where other organizations are. So you can start to see where the areas that we're really invested in and who's investing that within the business. So wait a minute, wasn't there a booth over there right yeah. now? Yeah, that was exactly, I just <laughs> did that yesterday. Did you just did that, right? And the cool thing about this, Microsoft do not collect your personal details on it. They do collect the answers to the questions, not where do you live and what's your social security number, but what are you doing in these particular areas? I think there's eight core areas they, they zoom in on. It takes about five minutes to tell it. Look up, guys, the Microsoft IT maturity. I think some maturity. We got a little plushy thing like this. You did get a plushy thing, and people may be thinking, what on earth are we talking about? Uh, so th this is an exclusive little plushy toy, isn't it? And mm -hmm. put little badges on it, but um, I don't want to distract myself on that. I do feel that uh, it is time to play with my plushy, though. Okay. So, I have, um, well, I, before we do, I have one quick question. You, you, will, you, will have, you are holding me back putting these badges on my plushie, Stacey. Well, uh, I'm covering I'm, his eyes right now. Okay. So, <laughs> so all the talk about modern desktop and all the things that we've been hearing, mm -hmm. to me now, for the first time, I believe I could actually tell somebody, yes, there is a 100% mobile solution for anybody. Mm -hmm. We've been saying mobile for years and years and years, but to me, that wasn't really mobile. So the fact that I can bring in another it's like, computer... It's mobile, but please don't ask me these questions. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're not really mobile. You, do, you have a set of documents here. You don't have them when you go to your computer at home or whatever. And now it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, I got a new Surface Go not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And I literally typed in my account and I had all my documents that I had on my other computer completely duplicated. And because none of it's sitting. I mean, one right of the things there. you just touched on there, and, I, and I, I'd love to raise this point, is the fact that if you guys aren't already aware, start looking at zero touch deployment, mm -hmm. zero touch re uh, reset, yep. 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 autopilot behind it. But this is also backed by, in partnership with a number of core um, laptop and PC manufacturers. Right. So they are, they are ready for this. What does this mean? This means that, you know, Gone are potentially the days. When I say potentially, you guys need to make the change, otherwise there there is no change there, right? And um, the, the evolution here for me, I always think of it really as a revolution of how IT service desks can work. You're taking away that, bring in all the equipment, factory build them with an ISO, with an image, and then ship them out. And then, oh boy, if it goes wrong, bring it back in or send someone to it. Now, we can ship that device to them. We don't have to touch it. They log in. And when they log in, they've got a choice of a couple of experiences here. Mm -hmm. They can, while this machine is being provisioned by the cloud, bring it down all of their documents, all their OneDrive, bring it down all their business apps that you've subscribed for them. Mm -hmm. They could log in and carry on with a little bit of work that they wanted to do already. When I say a little bit, it's going to be a little bit because all those apps are provisioning right. in the back. Yep, you get right? to the internet. They go to the internet, yeah. So actually, it could be a lot, couldn't it? They're using oh, yeah. SaaS applications. Oh, yeah. um, or you could say, do you know what? We decided that we want when you log in, we want you to wait until it's fully provisioned, everything's there. You've got that choice, right? And then That's a recent choice that we've been given. Yes, yes, That's absolutely. exactly right, yeah. And you know what? If something goes wrong, you can do from, from Azure, you can do a zero-touch reset. Mm -hmm. And I have and done that. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. I had an issue, I, I have to admit. I had an issue with a feature update, mm -hmm. right? And it blew up my Outlook. Were, were you on the, the Insider thing there? <laughs> <laughs> 
We won't go there. Uh, these feature updates are very good. I just want to add that. Yeah, they they are. But there was a problem with when the download they said came down. It, it stopped like in the middle you, of it. You've right? got to go through a validation process, don't right. you? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and it got hosed. And I had talked to some people at Microsoft, and literally, um, they they couldn't fix it through a patch, or you know, they didn't want to go in there and change anything in the background. So yeah. Literally told me to go through the reset, and I go, oh, I go, okay, I I know how to do that. We're good. You're like, is it going to wipe out all of my wonderful work? Well, and that's you know. Because I knew what it did, I wasn't yes. all that worried, right? Well, someone just happened to be at my house when I was doing it. They're going, you're wiping your computer? I'm like, no, it's going to save all my stuff. It'll look just the same as soon as it's up. Uh -huh. And they sat there and watched it the entire time. And by the way, it's not a long time either. No. It's very short, brief period of time. And my computer came back up and they went, um, I think I want Windows 10. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you how quick that is, right? In the customer immersion experience workshops I've been running here, mm -hmm. John Munder, who's the lead guy from Microsoft's the Business Value Program, he was showing me uh, these guys in the customer emotion experience workshops, being be sitting in front of a PC, logging in, having it provisioned, setting everything up, working with it, and then at the end resetting it straight back so it's ready to log in again. All of that took how long? And they did do a lot of stuff in the middle, by the way. How long do you think that workshop was? End to end for it to end. The machine ended up straight back to where it was with that full refresh of Windows 10. Half, half an hour? One hour. Well. Bearing in mind, these people, everyone that's taken part, the attendees were sitting through and listening. So do you know what? You're right. It could be much, much, much quicker than that. Yep. That's people walking out like mind blown. Yeah, I, I know I was back up and running in under 15 minutes. Mm. And you can have this at home as well. It's not just yeah. a business thing. It's exactly. not just enterprise. Yes. Absolutely. So I, well. those are things that get me really excited. Um, I mean, as Max knows, he always has to hear my side of the story where I'm really big about user adoption. You are, yes. And all that kind of stuff. Those things mean a lot to me because if I, if I can't help companies get that stuff in line with all this new stuff, then you know people aren't going to use it. So we got to find the best ways to do that. And I think Microsoft's come out with a lot of these things that you've talked about that are going to make that a lot easier. You can probably because I'm I'm a, a nosy type of person anyway. I don't ask personal. I don't think I ask personal questions, do I? Business <laughs> questions for sure, and Microsoft questions absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, you're going to see me talking more and more about modern desktop. Right. So if you keep an eye out on at SharePoint Andy. That's mainly where I put that stuff out, and you can follow the progress of that. And I'm really excited uh, to be having these conversations with you guys. And I really encourage people, let's start looking at modern desktop, start understanding what it means. You don't have to be a techie to get all of that. If you are a techie, then sure, you need to understand the zeros and one level and the deployment yep. thing. Absolutely. If you're a business user, head over to transform.microsoft.com or and or go to andy.im forward slash modern desktop. All right. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Andy. And thank you to everyone for joining us for Two Opinions and a Cloud. Right. Thank, thank you very you. much for having me, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Andy.